Welcome, everybody, to the Chinchilla Pickin' Podcast. It is November the 18th, 2022. It is 2 p.m. in the afternoon. That's right. You're here right now. We are re- recording this podcast live during the trading period. As always, we hope to be entertaining, educational, and uplifting because we want everyone to make money. My name is David Underwood, and as always, I am here with Brandon Beaver. Brandon, how are you, man? I'm doing all right. Doing all right. A little tired. Good. Been up since 5 a.m., um, which is wouldn't be a bad thing normally. That's kind of a normal thing for me, but I didn't go to bed until after midnight, so I'm a little tired. But you, you right. do you do stay up late, man. You're a night owl. Yeah. yeah. Um, before we get into anything, I do want to I do want to say uh, congratulations to uh, someone who has been on the show a few times to fill in and uh, has been added or a chinchilla picking contributor. So congratulations to Nicholas Young. Nick Young, you got married last weekend. Congrats, man. I wish you luck. You guys enjoy your honeymoon. Congratulations. Yeah. Well, we're never going to get the lost episode back that we recorded with him and uh, was just, but we didn't record with him. On the computer that's behind me. (laughs) But today, let's talk about today. There's so much to talk about. There's, I mean, there's a million different places you could go with anything. You could talk about Nord Stream pipelines. You could talk about change in weather, energy costs. You could talk about holiday sales. We have so much we could talk about. So let's let's start with the rules, 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 rules. Brandon and I get together five to ten minutes before the show, and we tell each other what we're going to talk about. You hear the live discussion back and forth here on the show for you. Brandon, do you mind if I go first, man? Yeah, go ahead. So I, I told you I was going to lead with this story, and I am going to lead with this story. And this because I talked about last week, and it's about Tesla. All right. So last week I talked about I would uh, – it was like the week before I talked – two weeks ago I talked about I would buy a 215. Last week I acknowledged that it went down, a dollar cost average in the 180s, and it was going back up. And I said I wouldn't buy at that moment because it was within 5% of the original price tar- uh, target of buying it. At that time, I said, I feel like this is going to go back down and I can get it cheaper. Well, it did go back down, but it went back down further than what I thought because of certain macro events that have crossed the headlines today um, and not play kindly to them. But it it did do what I, I said, what I figured it was going to do. Uh, and that's just based off the whole volatility of the market. People understand that there's still a volatility because any Fed headline, any new interest rate headline or inflation headline is going to move the markets. And right now it's still extremely volatile, but Tesla, 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 the news headline that came out today that really moved the markets was the recall of 30,000 Tesla vehicles. Well, let me talk about some other news headlines that's happened the past couple of days. There was a Tesla that caught fire on the road recently, and it was in Pennsylvania. And, they took uh it took i believe the 12,000 gallons of water to put this out because the lithium battery lit on fire and the thing that is only one sentence in the whole in all the stories i read there's one sentence where it says the driver uh, i'm not going to mention her name Scott. first of all i don't remember it but you know they don't we don't need to blast her name everywhere the driver and passenger stated that they ran over something that got caught underneath the car and that's what started the fire. Now, you only see very few. You get less than 10 words 
that really cover that in the news story. But that's a pivotal point, right? It wasn't a Tesla car catching fire. It was something they ran over that jammed up in there that made that car catch fire. Would that have happened with a fuel combustion engine, though? That's a good question. Rather than lithium batteries. I, you know, I wasn't ready to answer it. See, this is, I like this live back and forth. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know, Brandon. I don't know that, that maybe, maybe not. It depends on what the item was they ran over. We'll never know because it's up in flames and burned. There's very little left of the car. Yeah. So we'll never know exactly what it was they ran over. So I don't know. I, uh, no one else will know either. I will tell you this, though, the headline today, when you see the headline today of 30,000 Teslas being recalled, immediately people are going to think, oh, they're catching fire. They're recalling them. No, this has to do with a passenger side airbag that might be released off of a slight bump. And it was only on these certain models made at the certain time. And they're only concerned about a passenger in the passenger seat that is actually not a full adult weight person which is very serious you don't want your kids to be in that in that seat and uh, the airbag explodes because you bumped over a speed bump too quickly or something right Right. so it's a very serious thing you don't want that to happen uh you could get a broken nose from uh airbag you could you could have different things uh eyes bruised if you have a face condition this can make it worse so on and so forth but that's what it is it's not tesla's catch on fire but the stock is Dropping because right now there's a big sentiment uh, among the uh, U.S. population right now and among the world of, you know, anti-Tesla, anti-Musk. And so any negative news is going to move it more than what it actually should be moved. And that is what I believe we are seeing in the Tesla stock price right now. Brandon, go ahead. Base condition. If you're ugly, you could get uglier. (laughs) Um, I just I don't know. I. I don't know if anything's came out of that video that um, everybody saw on the internet from China where the customer claimed that he was trying to park the car and it looked like legitimately he was trying to park the car, but instead it took off on its own and and wrecked into a bunch of other cars and and killed two people injured three others, I think as well. So I, but I don't know what's going to come out of that. Uh, Tesla said they're complying with the Chinese authorities on that one and, and trying to figure it out. Uh, it does look like the guy was trying to park the car, though. And here's here's the thing, Brandon. I here's my counter argument to that. Uh, you, we have never right. We have never in America ever seen someone try to park a gas car and accidentally run through a building or a Seven Eleven or a bank. There's no videos online yeah. about that. No, there's tons of videos. There's hundreds of videos of everyday people trying to park the car, and they hit the gas pedal instead of the brake, and they slammed through a wall. It was like a mile and a half that it kept just driving and going faster and faster and faster and dodging cars, And but um, who knows what really happened with it. We don't know yet, and and you can't – I wouldn't make any judgments on it until you actually figure it out, you know, until actually the facts are known. All in all, look, Tesla has a bright future, and it's because of everything they're doing outside of cars. It has to do with their trucking. It has to do with their um, uh, a automa- autonomous vehicle, the AV uh, sector. It has to do with building robots to work in warehouses and move boxes. It has to do with the future of the company, the power generators inside your house. It has to do with more than just cars. They also have a, a, a solar panel division in Tesla. So, I mean, 
There's so many aspects of Tesla. Now, cars is the number one producer of income currently, revenue for the for the uh, company. But, you know, I just want to keep let people know that's not the only part. Yeah, you know, there, there's a bright future here. People shouldn't forget that it was just a few years ago that a bunch of Toyota cars like to like to drive themselves as well. Remember the accelerator issue? But now, I mean, they've gotten over that. They fixed it and they're back to having a reputation as being one of the most reliable cars in the world so so you're always going to have these issues um i'm a believer in tesla i i am cautious as to when to dca again that's dollar cost average i i said last time i wait i was waiting for it to go lower because of the news today i'm still waiting um i i believe there may be more headwinds because of that and people are going to pile on because they still are connecting Tesla and Twitter and Musk. Yeah. And, you know, they're not separating those companies out there. And thus, you know, I, I, I'm i going to wait. I feel like there's there's more headwinds and it's going to go a little bit lower. And then I'll start buying again and DCA, lower, lower my cost average on Tesla. Okay. I like it. I, think I, I believe – I, I still believe in it for the long term. Yeah, me too. I, I believe there's a huge future here, and uh, the company's going to be doing great things. So, California going, you know, all electric by 2035, supposedly. That's right, a, and that's New York possibly deal. following them, but yeah, we'll see. Brandon, what do you have next, man? You, I, I'm going to let you get the next topic. I already we just we um keep having the same story play out over and over and over again in retail. Groceries good, apparel and electronics bad. And, you know, this is something that me and Dave talked about over and over and over again. And we effectively said that it would happen. And Dave called this before I did. Um, like a year ago, he was saying uh, that Walmart is the only retailer that he would touch with a 10-foot pole. Um, the story of retail, once again, groceries good, apparel electronics bad. Um Walmart, uh, for example, reported their earnings, 8.7% revenue growth, 8.2% same state, uh, same store U.S. sales growth. That's really good for what we're seeing right now in retail in comparison to everybody else. Uh, they have a higher full year outlook, so they, they guided upwards. Target, I think, withdrew guidance or, or uh, neglected to give guidance uh, for the fourth quarter. Um, Walmart expects holiday quarter same store sales, excluding fuel, to rise just three percent. So, little little uh, stagnant there for the holiday quarter. And they spoke of a pullback in spending on apparel and electronics and similar items, which is what you know we're seeing everywhere. We're seeing an overabundance of inventory and electronics and apparel, and we're seeing retail companies not being able to unload the apparel inventory they have. They're just too stocked full of it. And, um, you know, they're having to discount, 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 which is what's killing Target's earnings. Go ahead, Dave. So you you haven't seen a vast improvement of uh, electronics such as TVs and or tablets and or in anything like uh, consoles or sound bars or anything. Nothing, nothing has a big jump. I remember the days when it was, you know, you had the big cube TV and then you went to a flat screen and then all of a sudden now there was, you know, 
uh, plasma screens and then LED screens and then curved screens. You had jumps and improvements. When's the last time we had a jump and improvement in any kind of TV? It's been a long time, right? Right. So, I mean, I mean it, except it, for with resolution, resolution's gotten a bit better. Okay. All right. I'll give you that. And, 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 laptops and desktops you know people are using their phones more not not as many people are buying laptops and desktops there was a somewhat jump during the the covid pandemic uh, people like you and i started podcasts and uh, doing different things they they had to go out and purchase some computer hardware but for the most part there's fewer people doing that they have their phones they prefer that they have a tablet they prefer that so you're you're not seeing the big purchases that you once had. You don't need a huge section for TVs anymore because not that many people are buying new TVs all the time when these TVs last a, a while and they're just as good as as they were five years ago. People buy new TV TVs to go along with their new like video game consoles a lot. I think 4K resolution to go with a 4K PlayStation Five or Xbox. That's oh, I see it for. Other than well, that, I bought my TV two years ago and it's 4K, and I haven't, I don't see myself buying another one anytime soon unless this one like breaks somehow. You know what I mean? It's, it's, I'm, I'm happy with it. It's ginormous. I, it's like what 80 inches. I don't even know what it is. It's, you know, I, I don't need anything, anything more. It's, I'm, I'm happy with it. There's no big consoles that I'm excited to get. You know, maybe for me, and again, this is just me. It's not a a huge group out there. It's not a big pop. It's just me. Is the new meta uh, headgear for VR? But that's because I enjoy VR and I have tons of apps. And there's more I want to do with that. But for most people, there's not anything big out there that's going to drive these electronic sales. And you're you're not seeing that big market in Target and Walmart for electronic sales. Right. That's where the drop off is, I believe. Yeah, I think so too. And Target was so nobody, heavy on apparel. Nobody, That's where they made a lot of money was apparel. They had huge apparel departments. And it just, I mean, th there's no supply chain. There's. I'll let you, you have all the news on this. You go ahead. You read off the stats. Target's profit fell by 50%. 50, not 15, 50% in its fiscal third quarter. Uh, mostly because it having it's having to clear through unwanted inventory. And sales are slowing into the holidays. That's what they said. Uh, they are planning to cut up to $3 billion in total costs over the next three years. They didn't really give any specifics on that. Um, earnings per share came in at $1.54 versus the expected $2.13. So a big miss there. Revenue came in above uh, above expectations, $26.52 billion versus $26. Point thirty-eight billion expected revenue is not really hard for retail to beat these days with inflation. the The profit, the bottom line, is the real problem for retailers right now. Inflation just means that there's a lot of money to go around, and that rev uh, prices are really high. So revenue, not a big, not a big deal. Nobody really cares if they beat on revenue. What they're looking at is profit, and they missed. Yeah, I want to. I want to explain that a little. I want to make it a little more layman terms there so everybody uh, of our listeners can fully understand what Brandon means by uh, the revenue um, and, and inflation, how those go in, hand in hand. So you have that, that gallon of milk, let's say was a dollar last year. Now it's $2, right? 
So, you know, you're going to a store at Target and you're going to still buy that milk at two bucks instead of one buck. So it looks like your revenue is going up. But in, in reality, you know, your your profit margins are actually going down. That's why we want to take a look at the bottom number. Yeah, you're selling still a thousand gallons of milk. Last year, you, your revenue was a uh, thousand bucks. This year, it's two thousand bucks. Looks like you doubled your revenue. But did you really double your revenue? I mean, did you really double your income? And right. that's what Brandon's talking about. Yeah. Uh, they said this, um, and I kind of want to zero in on this a little bit because I think that it's wrongheaded, but they said that people are buying fewer full-priced items because they are holding out for promotions instead, which I think is just a really nice way of spinning. People don't have enough money to buy your full-priced items, so they're having to wait for promotions. Nobody really knows when sales are coming in retail as far as customers go. You know, customers don't have a heads up that one and, and next month this thing's going to be on sale. Usually, unless you have like a, a Cyber Monday or a Black Friday deal, and a lot of those don't even get announced until the week up. So nobody's really holding out for promotions. And the reason why I want to zero in on this is because there's an economic thought that I think is misled that says that deflation comes about because people expect lower prices in the future, so they just save all their money and wait for those lower prices. And really, deflation comes about because inflation was too high or because we have all these malinvestments and because people ran out of money. Like, I'm not going to sit and wait to buy milk for a month because I think it's going to come down in price. I need milk when I need milk. I need gas for my car when I need gas, especially with this, you know, the, the necessities in life. I don't sit and wait for promotions. So when deflation comes about, it's usually because people just don't have enough money to pay the higher prices and they have to come down. So that's why I wanted to zero in on that, because I thought it was interesting that they said people are holding out for promotions, which I don't believe that's true. I think they've spent most of their money and you can see it in the credit card um, statistics in the United States. People don't have the savings that the Federal Reserve thought that they had. They've spent through that pandemic money and that savings by now. It's gone. So that's why people are waiting for promotions, because they have to, not because they want to. Uh, but they said they're planning for a weaker holiday quarter. They expect a low single-digit decline in comparable sales in the three-month period and an operating margin rate around 3%. So they actually did, did give guidance for the fourth quarter. It was just awful. Uh, they expect tough conditions to persist to persist and linger through the holiday season and into 2023. Inventory was up 14% year over year. They're actually making some headway into inventory right now because in the second quarter, inventory was up 36%. And in the first quarter, it was up 43%. And inventory was still pretty bad last year. So um, let's not forget that, you know, first quarter of, the previous year in 2021 it's not hard to see why you know going from that to last year that it was a jump in 36 to 36 percent and 43 percent this year and now it's only 14 percent which so they're making some head, headways the inventory starting to get cleared out a little bit it's still they're still way overstocked and and they're going to rely on these holiday sales to try to get through um, their inventory, and that's probably going to squeeze margins even further. Um, net income in the third quarter fell about half uh, to $712 million uh, from, um, and this was uh, $1.54 $1 a share 
and um, revenue rose 3.4% to $26.52 billion from $25.65 billion a year earlier. Dave, I don't want to steal your thunder on this because you wanted to talk about the shoplifting situation. Um, but I will say it jumped 50% year over year. And it's costing them um, over $400 million. You said $430 million, and that's right. It's $430 million on targets margins. Um, and it's mostly coming from organized retail theft. Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't going to focus on that, but I was that was adding to it was the big, huge jump in, in, in that. And the fact that, you know, you're going to have $430 million as a direct hit to your uh, bottom line there. I mean, that's just... Ouch. Yeah. And coming from a retail background, I can tell you this is an industry wide problem that we yes. have never seen like this before, ever. This is an epidemic of theft that it came primarily after COVID. It didn't exist this way before. So yep. what what do you what do you think is causing this? Because I mean, higher prices for sure are causing more people to steal, and but I, it's more. I think it might actually be more causing people to want to buy secondhand, which is encouraging organized retail theft. But go ahead. I, I'm not going to get into the cause, man. I'm going to stick to the uh, the business aspect and how it's costing companies money, and now they got to build us in to the equation. Now they got to when they give guidance, they got to say, look, we got we're going to have instead of a. 5% shrink, we're now going to have a 10% shrink and we need to work that into our business. Yeah. And that's just going to be the way it is going forward. And I, I that's hurting retailers. There's so many headwinds for retailers over the past year. And this is why I've just been such a bear on them. I mean, you could call me a grizzly bear because I, I have not liked retailers at all. There's just too many headwinds for all of them right now. When you have to have a firm help you pay for, for clothes and a firm to help you pay for just things that you know you could probably hold off for if you if you're uh, uh, smart with your money and wise with it, you know I, I think that's a problem for the U.S. consumer and I think the U.S. consumer here is on the brink of 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 a very bad turn and it could cause you know ripple effects. I've always said look out for that Apple card because it's subprime and as soon as people start defaulting on that Apple uh, credit card. That's going to be one one thing that goes, man. And, and I'm looking at those those key areas to see how strong this U.S. consumer is. They the the reports that come out say they're continuing to spend, they're continuing to raise the level of household debt year over year, and that's just crazy to me. I'm like, come on, America, we need to be paying down our debts, not just trying to raise our household debt. Uh, and and we're not being smart consumers with our money. We're just going out there like, I got a credit card. Let me use it all up. That's not how you do things. Right. Sorry, that's my soapbox for, I can tell for you, today. Just like back on the retail theft thing, I could tell you when I first started in the retail industry, a lot of standalone stores had loss prevention guys with monitors right at the front door and right at the exit just watching over everybody and trying to prevent that theft. And that hasn't been a thing now for five or six years, maybe even longer, but maybe it's time to bring that back. Maybe it's time to have that loss prevention guy back at the front door, monitoring everybody and, and uh, watching the cameras. Yeah. They went away with that. Uh, a lot of 
major retailers went away with that because they the if you're just allowing people to steal, then the you know you only lose X amount of shrink versus the cost of hiring someone. And, you know, the benefits you have to provide them in order to sit there and monitor, it might be worthwhile, like you said, to bring that back and bring that into the cost. But this is the cost of doing business. And now these retailers have to take that into consideration. Do we want to bring back loss prevention or do we want to, you know, account for doubling of our costs of, of shrink? I, I don't know, man. Um, I just think it's a, it's a it's another headwind of many headwinds for retailers right now. And I, I, I don't see a strong consumer. Yeah, and William Sonoma just reported uh, disappointing earnings today as well. Lower guidance, saying that they can't really see into next year. They really their guidance is not reliable anymore for next year. So I mean, it's not just Target. It's not just uh, you know companies like that, but you know William Sonoma as well, Pottery Barn. Yep. Uh, what are you gonna do, so man? What are you gonna do? You know, All right. just, uh, you know what? Um, everybody's kind of uh, thinking with with the recent inflation numbers um, that you know we're lower than expectations, which is a good thing. But the hard landing, the hard landing is not going to come with high inflation. The hard landing comes with inflation coming down. So the question is how we get from seven percent now back down to three percent. Well, I mean, the Fed's goal is two percent, right? Two and a half. Well, yeah. So, you know, I I don't know, man. There's there's a lot of work that needs to be done. I'm still bearish on retailers. Uh, Walmart, I believe, has moved into a position now where I, I don't see much more growth to be had. Um, for the stock price for the company, yes, for the stock price, I mean, it's it's at a good mark, man. Um, I I would I would I would be holding. It would be my call. Um, I wouldn't say buy or sell. I'd say hold if, you, if you're in it right now. Um, but I do want to transition, uh, hard transition here. We can take a hard right. And I want to move into what uh, something I want to talk about. FTX has been in the news. And everybody's talking about what's going to happen to Sam, uh, the, the, the man who <laughs> started FTX here. Well, a good view of that is what's happening, what's going to happen to uh, Elizabeth Holmes and Theranos. She is going to get sentenced today. And if, if a lot of you don't know about Elizabeth Holmes, let me give you a brief backstory here. I'll try to be as quick as possible. So Elizabeth Holmes uh, came to light uh, back early 2000s. She was uh, Forbes actually dubbed Holmes the world's youngest female self-made billionaire in 2014 when she was 30 and her stake in Theranos was worth $4.5 billion. Theranos was this medical company that was going to revolutionize how tests are done and all kinds of medical tests. You're going to do it in battlefields. You're going to do it at your home. And that they can tell you all kinds of things based off of uh, these small few drops of blood, right? So the company was relying on conventional machines to run uh, patients' tests. And and they weren't they didn't have anything revolutionary, right? It started to collapse after a series of articles in Wall Street Journal in 2015, and that's when everything started to unravel, and that's when they came out that actually they didn't have this miracle new testing equipment, but they actually uh, were just using standardized tests and nothing new, and they were just going about it a different way. Uh, they they accused uh, Elizabeth Holmes of defrauding all their investors. Theranos dropped out, disappeared, doesn't exist. 
And uh, it, it was a big, big, huge mess. And now she's going to be sentenced today. She was found guilty. Her and uh, the her uh, partner were found guilty. I believe he's already been sentenced and is in prison. Uh, we're going to find out her sentence today, whether or not she gets the max or the men. This is going to be a sign to say, I believe they want to send a message, clear message to anybody else who thinks about defrauding investors and the common person of, you know, hey, if you do this, we're going to throw the book at you. And Sam, uh, Sam, the man needs to be watching this to see what's going to happen to him, because I, I assure you soon there's going to be a court or some kind of hearing on him. And this is what it's looking like. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens to Elizabeth Holmes today. Yeah, it will. Um, and I hope she gets sentenced uh, harshly. I hate people who take advantage of others. I hate dishonesty in, in the market. I, uh, I, I hate it. And SBF needs to go to jail. He is, he is completely delusional right now. If you've seen him on Twitter recently, it seems like he has absolutely no idea the magnitude of what he's caused. Well, I mean, he still thinks he could, he could get his way out of it somehow. He still thinks that there's, there's a exit here for him. Yeah. And, and, and he, there's not, man. Yeah, there's not, man. There's just there's no there's no exit for this guy. He's he's going down and he's got to realize it and he's got to watch Elizabeth Holmes. And are they going to give her the full 20 years that they can give her? That's the max. But her her attorneys right now are saying that, you know, A, she's pregnant. Um, and B, uh, they're saying that her name is ruined and she can't do anything else in the financial world ever again. And that uh you know, she might have a chance to do some good if we give her a, the minimum uh, sentence is what they're saying. Yeah. You know, even a senator, uh, the senator from New Jersey, what's his name, uh, Booker, has uh, wrote a letter to the judge saying that uh, she still has a chance to, to turn around and, be, and do something good yeah. for the community and yeah. to uh, give her a break. She must have been a donor. Well, I, I hate the fact that we're, you know, we have a – we have politicians trying to give someone who caused millions of people to lose money a break. Come on now. Yeah. Well, Sam Bankman Fried was just on Twitter yesterday. Um, look at his Twitter. It's it's bizarre. He numbers everything. Like all of his tweets get numbered like one, two. I don't know why he does it. It's so weird. Um but he was like, oh, what's on my mind is doing the right thing for FTX customers, and we're still looking for liquidity. And I'm like, dude, you're not even the CEO anymore. You're not even an employee right now. You got ousted. This is not your responsibility anymore. And thank God. This is new CEO who uh, managed the bankruptcy for Enron says he's never seen anything like this in his life. And he wow. managed the bankruptcy for Enron. You were that bad. I this goes into what uh, it carries over from what I said last week. This guy had no idea what he was doing. He just thought that he couldn't lose because he did a smart, very intelligent, smart play with cryptocurrencies back in the day, and he made a lot of money. So he thought that that meant everything in his life he could do just as well. Yeah. And it was like, no, that's like you can't. You you were good at that. I mean, you know, I mean, there's. Yeah, yeah he, he's funneling customer funds from FTX to Almeida. And so if you don't know about that, listen to our previous episode because we detail it. But the customers had no idea what was happening with their money. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, it's very sad to see. I feel bad for the U.S. Uh, customer and consumer and people who lost money from their free mutual funds when there were some banks that investment banks that well, banked in there and lost money. And so it's. But why do people not do what you do? You put you just put your Bitcoin in cold storage. I don't understand why people are leaving it on exchanges and being vulnerable. I don't get that. Especially there's people that are, are saying that they lost like hundreds of thousands of dollars in FTX. You had hundreds of thousands of dollars in crypto that you didn't have in a cold storage and a secure wallet somewhere. I, how does that make any sense? It doesn't, man. I have no idea why, why people do that. That uh, it's not smart. You, you, I've always said you keep it in cold storage and you plug it into your laptop when you're ready to make some transactions or use it or or cash it out. And then you move those funds quickly within minutes into a secure bank or a secure uh, location. You don't keep things on exchanges. You know, you, you don't never want to keep money or th- uh, coin on exchanges. It's just like PayPal. Who keeps money in PayPal? Right. No, I mean, you don't want to keep money in PayPal. You don't want to. It's, it's an exchange. It's used for um making transactions is not used for a bank uh banks banks will uh, or some banks are fdic insured you know those are the ones that you wouldn't want to keep your money in and have a multiple bank accounts if you have a lot of money yeah when's robin hood gonna do their wallet they've been saying they're gonna have a, a crypto wallet for years i think people stopped caring about robin hood a while uh, a few months back uh, they, they they have really moved on all the real uh, true retail investors moved on to other uh, kind of platforms. They, you know, TD Ameritrade was one. People, uh, Fidelity, people graduated to Fidelity, as I like to call it, because uh, this Fidelity is a lot more confusing. If you don't, it's not the very simple buy, sell, you know, call or put. It's it's a little more, uh, you have to understand the terminology, but people are moving on and uh, out, you know, and, Robin is just not the same place it was uh, around 2020 at the, during COVID. So that that's what's happening there. Yeah. Last story to you, Brandon. Last story to you. I'll just do my last thought, if that's all right. My Final thought. thought. Go ahead. Final, Final thought. Thoughts. So uh, one report for the CPI doesn't mean that it's all green lights and good to go. Um I just, uh, I'm still skeptical on this. I'm still skeptical on it. We could rally going into uh, the Fed uh, meeting December 15th. If the Fed only decides to do 50 basis points uh, at that meeting, we'll probably rally even higher. But the next question is, what does deflation look like? We're seeing disinflation right now, which is the slowdown of inflation year over year. We have not seen deflation, which is what the Federal Reserve wants to see. So um, what does that look like? And does that involve a uh, larger recession and market crash than what we've had? And history says yes. So we we have not ever had this high of inflation without having um, a pretty steep recession. So this is just what I'm keeping my eyes out on. A rally, a Santa Claus rally into the end of the year, I'm taking profits on Nice, nice. I'm going to use my final thought for a long-term investment of mine that I was uh, proud to uh, find last end of last summer. Um, it's Cooler Technology uh, Corporation. I've talked about this forever. I said I'm a long-term investor on this company. I keep a small percentage of my portfolio invested in it. 
Um, lately, it's had it's had gapped up quite a bit, and it's on the move, and it's on the move rightfully so. So here's why. Cooler Technology announces support for NASA's Artemis program of launcher coolers, Cubis lithium-ion battery. What Cooler does is they make these batteries that do not overheat, that are able to withstand higher and cooler temperatures. They make them last longer, and uh, you don't have the same issues of what we had when the uh, Bowen was fine and batteries were smoking, or when you see a Tesla battery catch fire like it, did, it does. Any of those types of issues coolers trying to fix well some of the big announcements that's making the stock move up is cooler technology group expects to begin accepting consumer orders in q1 of next nice. year right so right now they've just been doing projects with big corporations and uh you know nasa or the air force and military boeing now they're going to actually start moving to consumer orders this i believe is what's really driving um, the the stock price of, of cooler and why it's gapping up and why it is now having a bright future again. It's one to keep an eye on, folks. I am long term, and by long term, last year I was even saying what one to three years was my time frame when I bought in last year. Um, I am currently profitable on cooler. I could sell my stake right now and be profitable, but I am holding because I believe in this company and I believe where it's going to go, and I want to be a shareholder at the, at that time. So this is one uh, I believe to keep an eye on. If you're not in it, um, look for uh, maybe a gap down before you buy. I don't know. Uh, the market's volatile. So when are we going to do our live stream? Do we know this yet? Uh, I do not know this yet, but guys, uh, if you're listening and you're anywhere verse, uh, near the University of Miami, Ohio, that is where we are headed next. We're going to colleges University of Miami, Ohio, if you're around there and you want us to come and you have a good spot for us, let us know. We're going to set up shop. We're going to answer questions, and we're going to talk in front of lots of people that don't want to have to listen to us. So it's going to be a good time. Okay. Um, <laughs> Nothing is cooler than us, Dave. <laughs> nice pun. Nice. All right, guys. Uh, as always, we hope we've been ed entertaining, educational, and uplifting because we want everyone to make money. Have a good night. Have a good night.